Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, my name is Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierre. And Brad, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Aaron. Excited to be here. Yeah. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and I... I don't think I could be more excited for today's show. We have got a treat for you. So, Brad, would you mind kicking us off in prayer today? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of this time together. Thank you for all of those tuning in to this show. Thank you for the gift of your presence thank here you, in this studio. Thank you for all the ways that you're preparing Aaron and I's heart for everything you want to say here today. We pray that we would be able to speak what's on your mind through yeah, our Lord. lips, and that we would be a blessing to all those who tune in this day. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, friends, so Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And like St. Paul encountered Jesus on his road to Damascus, from that moment on, his life was transformed forever. Um, and I suppose we we often would say that or think of that in our context, that from our moment of encounter with Jesus, that our life was changed. But uh, here, here we challenge you, we challenge our listeners to ask, has my encounter with Jesus changed my life? Has it changed my mission? Mm-hmm. And it should, yeah. right? St. Paul went back to Damascus and, and there he was transformed through the prayer of the Christian community there. His, his blindness was healed and he was ultimately brought into a life of incredible mission through training by the local Christian community. Friends, that's what we're about uh, on on today's show. And um, Brad and I have, have the great pleasure of working together at a little place called Damascus, where um, we are working every day to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of their faith, of the Catholic faith, through through world-class programs and through an environment of encounter. And we this is this is what we this is what we believe in. This is what we see every day. This is how we see lives transformed. Today's show, friends, is going to be. Um, we haven't done one like this in a while, Brad, and it's. Uh, I am. I'm really excited. So usually our shows will focus around truly the like an interview with somebody who's living life on mission. Mm-hmm. Today we do not have an interview guest. Uh, Brad and I will be will be kind of sharing our stories throughout. Um, but the, the, the main focus of today's show is rooting ourselves in what is transcendent, right? In mm-hmm. rooting ourselves in what is transcendent and how it is that we live a life on mission is it, we need to be rooted in encounter, right? We need to be rooted in, in Jesus. And, um, and that's where we're going today. We 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 pulled together uh, some some really awesome content for a retreat we had with our missionaries just a couple of weeks ago, and it was amazing to see their own experience transformed. Yeah, and their reaction to transcendence—the idea that every encounter with the Lord is supposed to be an encounter with the transcendent, that which takes us above the current circumstances. That every time I encounter Jesus, it shows me that there's someone greater than what I find myself in, no matter how good or bad that something is. And so that's uh, what we brought to our missionaries. And the response to that idea of transcendence was so powerful that we thought we'd bring it 
to the show today. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite uh, friends, if you've, if you've listened to the show before, you, you'll realize that most of my theological uh, reflections come from the theology of the body. Uh, it, it's just uh, such a foundational way of describing the, the reality of, of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. In fact, John Paul II, he, he said that it was his attempt at creating an adequate anthropology. Yeah. And understanding ourselves in light of God is our goal, right? Um, that, that, that's, that's why we begin this conversation on, on the transcendent. Uh, you may not know what that word means. We'll talk about it. Um, but here's, here's, where it, here's where the rubber meets the road for us. Mm-hmm. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. You're made in the image and likeness of God and, and coming to know yourself more, therefore, will actually bring you closer to God. And coming to know God more will actually bring you closer to understanding yourself. Yes. So uh, th- this, is, this is why I think it's, I don't know, this is why I, I feel like today it's, it's good to root us here. It is, yeah. And I, I love what you're saying there, Aaron, on how it actually brings us to understand ourselves because we're a complicated being, you know? Like we have three dimensions to us, right? We have our, we have our mind, we have our body, we have our spirit. And the way that those integrate on a day-to-day basis sometimes can be confusing. So to be able to put those together in what John Paul II said was an adequate anthropology, I think is such an important role. Uh, yeah, just it, that realization plays such an important role in our day to day. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, I want to start us out with a, with a fun little story. Okay. So, um, let's pretend for just a moment that you are an alien creature, right? I, I know you probably do this frequently with your children at home. You are an alien creature from another planet. You have never visited planet earth before and you arrive only to realize that humanity met its demise many millions of eons ago. There's no human being left on our planet all that you have is you, you, you dig down deep, you find a basement of some old crushed skyscraper, and there in a little black box is a device that most humans carry in their pocket every single day. Um, you, so you, 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 pick up a, you pick up an iPhone from, from a million years in the past, and thankfully it still has a good charge, so you turn it on. <laughs> Friends, I, I want to I wanna suggest to us that we can learn a lot. You, you could, you could, if you had a, a, a fresh, a fresh drawing board, and you were able to create a scenario of what it is, what creature it is that must have needed this device. I bet you could draw a picture that was pretty darn close to what a human being might be. Like, let's think about it for a second. You've got. Um, you, you, first of all, you, you, you look at the thing, right? You, you, you press, you touch the screen and what happens? It lights up, right? What does that tell us? It tells us that, that humanity must, must be in some way visually stimulated, mm. right? Yeah. That, what does that mean? That means that, that this creature that owned this device, it must have had some sensory organ that could be used to see a screen, right? So you've got, you've got eyes, you've got a mind that's able to process images, um, what other, what other physical attributes do you see? Well, there's a, there's a speaker on it, right? The speaker produces sound. Um, you could, you could stand to suggest that maybe this device belonged to a creature who, uh, appreciated 
distinctions in sounds for the sake of communication. Yeah. You see a microphone on the bottom and a, and a speaker on the top, roughly four, five, six inches apart. You could maybe suggest that there was a, um, an organ that was used to produce sound mm-hmm. that's located in close proximity to the organ that's used to hear, right? You, you, you get the, you get the shape of the human face. You, you, and that, you know, we, we look at the, we look at what's on the phone. You, you see that there's a security code. That means that there must've been some semblance of a desire for protection and safety, right? You, you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying here. When we look at, when we look at any part of creation, we can see in it the mark of its creator. Mm-hmm. I believe that looking at a cell phone could give us a great image of its owner, right? Yeah. Or even just a great image of of humanity in general. You know, take take that and apply it to anything. Look at a look at a automobile. Mm-hmm. Um, look mm-hmm. at a tractor, right? I'm, yeah. I'm looking out our window right now. Look at a mailbox. Yep. You know. Every everything that we touch, it reveals something about who we are. So too with God. Yeah. That that the, the Lord the Lord creates us in his image and likeness. And because of that, everything about us, it says something about him. Mm-hmm. And as we come to know those things, they 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 lead us to him. Yeah. Yeah. And it teaches us about objective things within us about subjective things within us. I think about the idea of, uh, of cooking. Like I am a pretty mediocre cook. And so when I cook, I create pretty mediocre things. Uh, a perfect creator, we might say if a mediocre cook makes mediocre, <laughs> makes mediocre meals, then a great creator would create mm. great creations. A perfect creator yeah. would in fact, make perfect creations. And I also think, just as you were speaking, Aaron, something that was coming to my mind is just the idea that, like, if you want to know about an art piece, you ask the artist. Uh, like, the art piece doesn't communicate in and of itself what yeah. its end was, but the artist knows. So whenever you think about the Mona Lisa, you're not going to be able to speak to Da Vinci, but you can decide in your own mind, well, is she smiling? Is she not? The only person who knows whether or not Mona Lisa was supposed to be smiling is Da Vinci himself. Like Da Vinci as the artist knows something about the art that the art is actually made to discover. Same with, I don't know, the statue of David with Michelangelo. Like, why did you make David like you did? Why did you position him in that way? Well, we can all sit at a table and (laughs) assert why yeah why that might have been but the only one who really knows is michelangelo because Uh he was the sculptor and his sculpture yeah is what represents what was in his mind and so so too as the art piece that we are we represent what was in god's mind objectively and subjectively with all of our faculties but also all of our uniqueness like that that subjectivity i know that a lot of times we say subjective and it's all like oh no not the subjective but like true to the subject <laughs> right like that you and i are different aaron and that's amazing yeah. that shows different aspects of god and in the same way that different art pieces from the same artist show different aspects yeah. of the artist yeah so so friends how do we uh, beyond damascus is the show where encounter meets mission how do we be sure that as we are striving to live our lives on mission, that we remain rooted in an encounter with God. Well, we we, we have to we have to try we have to try everything. Mm-hmm. We have to be we have to be hungry 
and zealous and steadfast in our pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be through engaging in uh, um, amazing life-changing retreats that can be through engaging in the sacraments that can be through engaging in a, in a consistent prayer life. I want to suggest to us the reason for today's show is that even in the midst of a messy, nasty experience of our culture that we're, that we're going through right now. And I mean, let's just be honest. That's probably always been the case and always will be the case. We have to look to what is real. Mm -hmm. What is the word transcendental means? It's a fancy word that describes the things of God that are, they're attributes of who he is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil, spoil some of the the cool stuff we're going to talk about toward the end of the end of the second, um, segment today. But, uh, if, when, when, when God revealed himself to Moses and he said, I am, he had something in mind. Right. Theologians have, have indicated that, that the transcendentals are those things that he had in mind. Yes. That, that there's something about him that's not just an attribute of him, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part of who God is. It's a part of how he reveals, uh, how the Trinity reveals himself, um, to, to the world. It's an essence. Yeah. And, uh, and and ultimately, that's our destiny. Mm-hmm. So w- when I'm when I'm down, uh, I I need not think that the only way out of this spell is to go and take a personal holy hour. Right, right, right. I can. It might, I'll risk sounding new agey for just a moment. I can look <laughs> inside of myself. Yes, I can see myself as the the primordial sacramental mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. made in the image and likeness of God, and right. I can be reminded of of who he is I, yeah. I, you know i'm a few steps away right yes, yes. I'm, a, I'm a few steps i'm a few steps away from from that purity of revelation but it's it's like when i you know back in the old days i'm sure that you'd pull out your wallet right and you'd look at a faded picture hmm. and that was enough to remind you of yeah. your foundation yes I actually, uh, I've, this was the second time I've mentioned iPhones on the, uh, on the show today. I'm not, I'm not an Apple <laughs> In the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Apple, they just released a new, a new operating system and it allows you to not, I don't, this is probably not a fancy feature, right? It allows you to put a photo on your app home screen. Yeah. So I made a little photo widget. It updates with a new photo from my life every 30 minutes. And I have, I have noticed a, a a true increase in my quality of life since adding that to my phone. I open up my phone, and the first thing I do now is smile because mm-hmm. I'm reminded of how amazing my kids are. Yeah, and that that's that's the reason we're going into this today. That that we could begin to see mm-hmm. the revelation of God. Yeah, all around us. Mm-hmm. Why? Because because we're on mission 24 seven yep. to be on mission 24 seven. We have to foster those moments of encounter, of encounter with, yeah. with, with the Lord. And, and this is a really, a really cool and often unexplored way of doing that. Yeah. And let us also say it's infinitely simple and infinitely complex too. Amen. Like it, it can be as simple, like you said, I, Aaron, what I was loving about that is like, yeah, these images have, bettered your life and they're images of the kids that are already in your life, but right. you can see them in a renewed it. way. Exactly. <laughs> it's a reminder. Yeah. And, uh, and that can be as simple or as complex as we want to make it, but it's, it, it's those moments that actually tie us so closely to yeah. the infinite God. So we're, friends, we're going to be, we, we are going to be spending the second segment of the show. We're, we're talking about 
the transcendentals. For those of you who've, who've not heard of this before, it is um, the true, the good, and the beautiful truth, beauty, and goodness. And uh, if if it's been a while since you've been through uh, through theology class, I hope you I hope you'll join us for today's show. We will be full of practical application for how these um, unique attributes, unique unique um, revelations of God can actually be be made a part of our everyday life so that we can live mission mm-hmm. every day more effectively. Thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, we're gonna take a short break. This is Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission, and we will be right back with you in just a few moments. EWTN, communicating the faith. I love EWTN. I look forward to mother and staying the rosary with her every night. Before my mom passed away two years ago, I was in Ohio. She was in South Dakota. I would call her. We'd be talking and say, okay, time to say the rosary with mother. And several times a month, I would stay on the line with my mom, and she and I would say the rosary together with Mother Angelica. God bless EWTN. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. How should we pray? The disciples asked our Lord that question, and he gave them the Our Father, or the Lord's Prayer. But he also gave them the liturgy, which is the most privileged form of prayer in the Catholic tradition, especially the holy sacrifice of the Mass. We can pray with the whole church in the liturgy of the hours or the divine office. And we should also pray in our own private room, our secret chamber, as Jesus says. And then our Father who sees us in secret will reward us. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, thanks for joining us today. Beyond Damascus is, of course, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And I'm joined here in studio with my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierin. And friends, the start to the show was awesome. Go and go and rewind your podcast if you zoned out a little bit. This is going to be this is one that's worth worth tuning into. It is, yeah. Well, uh, the transcendentals it, it, we're the attempting word. to take uh, a stab at them. So, um, <laughs> if you're a theologian out there, forgive us if we don't get to explore <laughs> much, much all grace, of them in grace. thirty minutes. But I, Aaron, I, I've been praying about the transcendentals. Obviously, you were saying that we have missionaries here on site that we form and we just had a retreat on the transcendentals for them. And the, the verse that was sticking out to me in prayer when we determined that to be the topic Mm -hmm. of the retreat was the verse that we find in the gospel of John, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And I love that Jesus says the way, the truth, and the life, that yep. he's not a way, a truth, and a life. And in a, in a world <laughs> like the one we live in now, it's very uh-huh. easy to say, well, this uh-huh. is my way, and this is my truth, this is my life, and that is your way, your truth, and your life. But Jesus, he makes no bones about it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if we don't have a way, a truth, and a life, if we don't have the way, the truth, and the life, then we are lost, lied to, and lifeless. Yeah. And none of us want that. Oh, like none good. of us, if, yeah. if we don't have an objective aim, if we don't have a way to get to that aim, then we're always going to be lost regardless. If we don't have a truth, then we're always going to be lied to. You know what the worst thing is when we, when we deceive ourselves, because mm. then we're the deceived and the deceiver. That's a pretty bad, <laughs> that's a pretty bad situation. And then also like with the, the life, like none of us want to be lifeless. We want to be animated. Yeah. We want to live to the fullness. So I think that 
is such a powerful way to start the transcendentals and obviously the first transcendental being truth. Yeah. You know, as you, as you're saying that the way, the truth and the life, um, I, I'm reminded the first time I, the first time I think I seriously even thought about the truth was when, um, in, in the words of, of Pope St. John Paul II, right. That, mm-hmm. um, he, he called out the culture of death in America and he identified the, the need to prioritize a culture of life. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's when life is our goal and life is our goal, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the destiny of, of, yes. of humanity. Eternal life. Um, yeah. it, the, the, the Paschal mystery, it summarizes kind of our, our, our move from death into life. Every day we experience, uh, the call to mission is, is yeah. a, is a move from death into life. Um, hmm. it's got to be founded on the truth, right? There's, there's this, that, that kind of, um, that famous, uh, I guess all of scripture is probably famous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Colossians, so. Colossians chapter one, verse 15. Um, we see that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn mm-hmm. of all creation. In him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, mm-hmm. all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, in him, all things hold together. Mm-hmm. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. And in all things, he himself might be preeminent. Amen. In him, all the fullness was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross. He is before all things and he holds all things together. Uh, as uh, you know, this is not just a a cerebral reflection, right? right? We, we've talked before on the show over the last few weeks that we are, we are, we are in the midst of, uh, of a cultural experience right now as a, as a world where, um, where our foundations are being shaken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a time such as this, we need to be rooted in the truth. Yeah. And fascinated by it. Amen. And uh, and and John Paul II he he hit on that so so beautifully that that a culture a culture of death when 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 you when you come into agreement with a lie you mm-hmm. need to you need to counter that lie by a proclamation of the truth yes we we are living in the midst of a of a of a dying culture yeah and we must proclaim the truth which is which is life itself that that and and this is. This is the truth that we've we've been speaking on the show, friends. And um, you know, Jesus is is bigger than the pandemic. He's bigger than COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Jesus is bigger than the current problem you're facing. He's bigger than what happens uh, after you know on on your way home from work after a car accident. He's bigger than what happens in all the good times in your marriage in your vocation mm-hmm. uh, for all of our our you know, that each of us is called to a life of full-time mission. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than your, your service to the church. This, this, this proclamation of the preeminence yeah. of Christ, it stands to remind us just how big, how true, mm-hmm. how important that foundation yeah. in Christ is. Exactly. Well, and, and that Jesus, if he is the life and the truth, that means life is truth, which means death is lie, right? Oh, yeah. like, so you're saying like a culture that's rooted in death, one that's so fearful of death is actually one rooted in a lie because yeah. the truth is life and life eternal. And sure, I, I get rid of this tent for a while and then get it back in a resurrected way at the resurrection of the body that like my body as it stands now won't be its same state forever, but 
my soul, <laughs> the eternal part of me into life. And then that resurrected body at, on the last day, like that, that's the truth. That's what's going to happen. And I, I think, you know, I was thinking as you were reading from scripture there, Aaron, I don't remember where you find this in scripture, but Pontius Pilate's classic question, right? To Jesus, like, what is truth? What is truth? And I, I just, I think it's powerful that in that question, Jesus just stands there. There's no, there's no answer that he gives. Yeah. He is the answer. Yep. And as the answer, he stands there. Yep. It's Amen. Powerful. So, so the truth is our anchor. This is what we're reminded of in scripture. This is what, this is what we need to, to root ourselves in. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is there. He's holding everything together yesterday, today, and tomorrow. To live on mission means we must be rooted in those moments yeah. of encounter. Um, Brad, you, you, you that, that, that quote from John eighteen thirty three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus also goes on to say that, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, such an interesting phrase, right? We, we don't, we don't say that you will know your name and right. your name will set you free. Don't say you will know your spouse and your spouse mm-hmm. will set you free. Yeah. Um, you will know your retirement plan and your retirement plan will set you free. <laughs> it, we'll know, we'll know the truth yeah. and, the, and the truth will set us free. Friends, the truth is a person, right? Right. Jesus is the one who sets us free. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll know the truth about my life. It's not, I'll mm-hmm. know the truth about science. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I will know the person. Yes. I'll know the person who is the eternal word who transcends what we see around us, yeah. who transcends all the political turmoil that we're in the midst yes. of, who, who transcends uh, civil unrest, who transcends pandemics, who transcends um, every struggle that we face. Because why? Because the truth, it brings order in the midst of chaos. It does. Yes. He is the, 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 the solution that we have to our, to our problems, to our challenges that we face. Um, if, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, this is, this is gonna, this is gonna be a reminder for us, right? When we root ourselves as missionaries in the truth, it's only then that we can live an authentic missionary lifestyle. Yeah. It, it, we, we've, 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 we've got to be, we've got to stay strong to this. If we fall away from the concept of truth, we fall away from the concept of God. Yeah. Right. And without, without, without God, without truth, our whole understanding of how we operate as a society, it falls apart. Yeah. And if truth is merely a philosophy, we can't encounter it. If it's a person, we can encounter it. And that's, I love that quote from John eight there that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free because that word no, and we've probably said this on the air before it's a quick, a quick lesson in Greek. That was a a mouthful. Um, (laughs) But the word that's used there is gnosko. And gnosko is not the knowledge that we think of when we think of classroom knowledge. It's the knowledge that we think of whenever we read in the Old Testament that a man knew his wife. It's an experiential knowledge. It's an experience of knowing. Mm -hmm. And and so when, when Jesus is saying, you will know the truth, you will experience, you will encounter the truth and the truth will set you free. That like, there is something that's true. There is someone who is true. And when we come to know him, we come to know the truths about us. It's not just that God is real is a truth. 
It's that God is truth. So mm. all truth is found in him. So whenever I feel lied to, or I feel like I'm buying into something that doesn't elevate me to the son or daughter I am in the Lord, I can seek him out in an encounter with him and he can actually become the truth that fills the gap, the chasm, if you will, and can bring me into the mission we've been talking about on this radio show for as long as is as, as long as it has existed <laughs> it's uh it, it's this intimate relationship between encounter and yeah. mission and it can be found in truth amen amen I, I don't know if people have loved their popes as much as i've loved ours over the last few years but yeah. um cardinal or pope uh yes Pope Benedict, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Cardinal Ratzinger, Ratzinger when, yeah. he, when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, um, he communicated this this concept that as as a as a church oriented toward truth, that we need to fight against this dictatorship of moral relativism. Mm-hmm. Right? You probably you've probably heard that. You've probably like got a t shirt with a I don't know <laughs> a some, bumper sticker. There you go. <laughs> and uh, th- what does what does it mean? It means that. Like we said earlier, we are made in the image and likeness of who? Of God. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And Satan, Satan cannot create. He cannot, he cannot design really fancy theologies. All he can do is twist. And, and, and this, is the, this is the truth that's been twisted in what mm-hmm. we now know as relativism. That mm-hmm. when, when we look to ourselves as the image or as God, right? That, yeah. that we, we, we come up with this notion that we ourselves are the source of truth. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean for us as, as full-time ministers of the gospel? It, it means that we need to be intentional. That's right. I was having a conversation with a young man this morning and um, it, it was just a, it was a great, it was a great, it was a great conversation. It was a great time to connect Here's here's the the standpoint from I believe from which I believe many of us operate. I'll put myself on the table here, right? Mm-hmm. That um my mind, my life, my soul, my intellect um I I exist in a in a way that is that is only able to be influenced when I choose to be influenced. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm I'm isolated and and safe and pure and and guarded right so when i want to meet god i go to prayer yeah when i'm when i'm done with that i go back into a place where i'm uninfluenced when i want to do something uh that i shouldn't be doing i go to that i i, I watch that i watch that movie i listen to that music and when i choose to step out of it i i i put myself that's not the way that the human soul works mm. We cannot choose to be uninfluenced. Right. Nothing is neutral to the soul. We 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 need to we need to intentionally seek, be reminded of the truth of who Jesus is mm-hmm. in order that our hearts could actually be founded on him. When everything else is in chaos, truth reassures us, truth guides us, and truth empowers us to live the to the fullness of our of our creation. Yeah. Of well, our destiny. Well and and just in a very, very practical sense, every time I partner with truth, I partner with Jesus. And so like, I'm just thinking this morning, right? So I I was five minutes late to my first meeting this morning and on my way, it was so tempting for me to make up a story. Like, I don't know, (laughs) like I set my alarm to PM instead of AM. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I I'm sure someone out there can at least, at least I hope so. If it's only me, just please message (laughs) us and let us know that. But 
like there's this temptation to, to go away from truth. But actually when I begin partnering with that, that the truth that like, actually I'm just running five minutes late. I welcome the other person into the mercy that they can show me. And then I'm partnering with God himself. You know, I Mm. have uh, a condition that I've been wrestling with for a little while. I have ulcerative colitis that flared up for the first time. I don't know, two years ago or something. And, uh, I've been doing so well with it recently, but, but one thing that I have always committed to is that I will never use it as an excuse. If it's not actually the reason I'm failing somewhere, because when you open that door away from truth, right? The moment that I say, Hey, actually my laziness not to make the bed was because of this condition when it wasn't, I distort this like concept of truth. What is true anymore? You start blurring that line. And to your point, that's what moral relativism does. It blurs that line. And so when we actually say, you know what? No, I didn't, I didn't make the bed today. And it was because I was lazy. And that doesn't mean I'm bad. I'm actually, (laughs) I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually partnering with something that's true, which I can then grow from. Yeah. But if I just deceive again, myself or whoever, yeah, I can never invite them into the mercy that the person showed me who I was five minutes late to a meeting with this morning. And I never welcome myself into the opportunity for virtuous growth because I would have excused it away from some non-truth because I blurred the line. Uh, Okay, fun. Um, Truth, beauty, and goodness. Friends, to partner with truth, you've got to reject that. We've got to reject those lies. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that this this should just be our regular routine, Brad. Like you were saying, yeah. you had you had an opportunity this morning, and you're driving to work to choose to reject a lie, yeah, and just step into truth in such a practical way. Yeah, every time we do that, we step closer to God. Yeah, yeah, and we step further into mission. Yeah, Amen. Okay, Brad, uh, we could talk about truth all day. We're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if you can if you can root us in our missionary call to embracing a transcendental understanding of of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, quickly, what's for all of you listening, what's the last thing that you saw that was beautiful? Like Mm. there could be any number of things. Like I think so often we think to ourselves, I'm not sure. It's like, well, just look out your car window, right? (laughs) Like look out, look outside of your house. Look at your kid who is sitting at the table doing homework right now. Look at your beautiful wife or your dazzling husband. Mm -hmm. Like, Beauty surrounds us, you know, and yeah. it and it calls something from within us. Isn't it amazing when you watch young people interact, what beauty does to like a young boy? Like when the first time a young boy like sees a, a beautiful girl, he's like, my whole life, you know, it's kind of like the Adam when, when the Adam response, whenever Eve is made, like at last, right. I don't know if young people still use bone of my bone. It seems like a, a little outdated of a statement, you know, flesh of my flesh. I don't know. Only but, works um, sometimes. It only works sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you're, you're eight. And I, I think you have cooties. Anyway, um, we know from a young age, just by analyzing people that we're drawn to, to beauty and we see it in ourselves all of the time. Anything that you like, like even, even like the things that we might immediately write off as just entertaining and not beautiful, like a a really great performance on the soccer field and a bunch of people coming together to Mm -hmm. score a goal. It is beauty in action. And we might not want to attribute it to that because soccer is a masculine thing to do. And to attribute beauty, we sometimes don't 
give masculinity the opportunity to attribute that to something, but beauty surrounds us and God destined us for beauty. Like heaven can just as easily be explained as perfect beauty as perfect anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's so important for us, especially in our world today that can show you all of the reasons that you and the things around you are ugly Yeah, to actually see the beauty through the haze of ugliness. Yeah. And, and, and God actually has, he's actually designed us right to experience this aspect of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were talking about eyes and ears, right. That our, our, our senses were built in such a way that, that we would naturally come to experience beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, we even talk, so grace builds on nature, right? Yeah. Even one of our gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift of wonder and awe mm-hmm. is so often, um, it's executed mm-hmm. when we come into an encounter with beauty, mm-hmm. right? I, and one of the, one of the greatest moments of, of wonder and awe that I can remember, <laughs> I was, I was on a, I was leading a middle school, uh, field trip, a science, like a science trip out to old man's cave area in mm-hmm. Southeastern Ohio and we got to a to a place called Ash Cave. It's the I think it's probably the biggest cave structure in yeah. you know in the state of Ohio. And I you know don't there's I'm sure there's other bigger more beautiful stuff. <laughs> I I walked out into this cave. I was leading a bunch of eighth grade students, and I about lost my mind. Yeah, I was so excited. I had a smile from ear to ear. I was like jumping up and down for mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. for literal joy. And I was I was just so overwhelmed by by this this gift of wonder and awe yeah. in the face of creation. Yeah. And uh and that's a taste, right? It's a taste, it's a taste of of the of the beauty that that God actually possesses in himself. Yeah, yeah and it's mysterious. It, it like the grandeur is beautiful. Yeah. I remember the first time I encountered the Lord Aaron, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I was actually a, a young kid and we were on a family vacation to Sunset Beach and we're on the beach and I remember looking out to the ocean and we grew up on the Ohio river. And so you can see Kentucky from Ohio across the river, right? But we're at the ocean. And for the first time in my young little mind on the beach, I look out to the ocean and I recognize that I can't see the other side. It's not like the river where I can just see (laughs) Kentucky on the other side. And I had my dad next to me and I looked at my dad and I said, dad, you can't see the other side. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like, like, how do you respond to that? And I was like, no, 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 like, what's on the other side? He goes, well, I'm, I'm not exactly sure from this point what would be on the other side. I'm like, you don't know? Like, immediately yeah. in me, beauty, the beauty of the massiveness, the grandeur of the ocean brought me into mystery. Yeah. And it's mysterious. Like, beauty is mysterious, and it's supposed to be. Like, mm. you know, in a world, you, we've mentioned iPhones now three times. Here it is. <laughs> uh, in, in a world where um, I have my iPhone in my pocket, and I bring it out, and I can go to Google, and I can look up anything that I want, right? Yeah. Any question that I have, we don't have to sit and talk about it. I can just tell you whether you're right or wrong by Googling it. Like, our world is starved for mystery, it's starved for mystery mm. because even the most intellectual people in our world, they get to a place where they're like, okay, I think I comprehend it all. And I am still <laughs> immensely unsatisfied Yeah, because we were made for mystery. We were made like, I don't, I don't know how you can comprehend how many sand granules are on the beach. I don't know how you can comprehend how many droplets of water are in the ocean. Mm. You, you can't because it's made to be that way. And the, the beauty in that, 
massiveness, again, in that grandeur, leads us to mystery, which is one of the most, I don't know, unbelievable aspects of our faith is that yeah. our faith is rooted in mystery. It, it, it is where faith to, comes in. We don't have in. to know the answer. Exactly. It's actually preferential that we don't. So, so how do we live, how do we live a missionary life in, um, entranced by beauty? How do we encounter beauty? Yeah. Well, look, look at the person across from you, right? Like look at their story, hear them out. H- have we lost the art of listening? Yeah. Haven't we? Like think about how someone got to where they were like just the odds of that. Like I'm not a mathematician, <laughs> but the, the probability of you, what do you think the probability of you is? Yeah. I, I one in three trillion. I don't have any idea, but it's low. The probability that you have gone through the life you've gone through, mm. that you've come to the point you're at now is less than improbable. Yeah. <laughs> like it is borderline, not possible. Yeah. And yet it happened, right? And and we've lost the art of listening. I remember my grandpa before he passed, he passed my freshman year of high school and he was a wise man. I, I think we probably all think our grandpas are wise, but I think mine was wise, especially for this following reason. He would often look at me when we were having, you know, one of those side conversations you have with your grandpa. And he would say, Brad, there's not a single person in the world that you'll meet that can't teach you something you don't know. Uh-huh. Like, that's beauty, like in a very mission oriented way that like, you know, I miss so many people in, in my life as I'm going through it. Like, yeah. like I miss so many people. It's like, oh my goodness. Wonder what the story of the cashier at the gas station is the same gas station I go to once every two weeks. <laughs> and like, I'm, I miss the beauty there. I think yeah. sometimes because we, get into this like, okay, there's moments of beauty in my life. No, you live in a life of beauty. It's recognizing mm. the beauty in a moment. I think there's so many people in Amen. my generation that all think they have to travel to find beauty. That's great. It's like, no, if you if you can't find beauty in where you're at right now, when you travel to find it, you won't know you found it. Yeah. You know? Ah, uh, that's so good. Okay, so we got to speak the truth instead of lies. We've got to recognize beauty in the moment. And then the last one we're going to reflect on is is the good, right? The mm-hmm. truth, the beauty, and the truth, beauty, and goodness. Yeah. We have a rule in our house. I'm not sure if any of our listeners do this, but uh, we're not allowed calling people bad guys, right? That's so good. <laughs> that's so good, right? That's my response. So, is that's so this, good. This is, this is not just for my wife and I. This is for our four children, right? <laughs> that when we watch a television show, when we read a book, we, we, we've tried really intentionally just to take the language of bad guy out of our dialogue. Yeah. Um, why? Be- because it communicates something that's not true about a person, mm-hmm. that there's no bad people, right? That, uh, that, that we are created in the image and likeness of God, that we're created good. And uh, oftentimes I think when, when we think of goodness, we, 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 we think of all those good guy virtues, right? Um, we think of of chivalry and strength and generosity and integrity. And uh, even, even we, we, we think to scripture, you know, that, that beautiful famous line from um, that, that Joseph uh, spoke, what, what others meant for evil, God, you meant for my good. Yeah. That, that there's something we understand goodness, not only to be a description of an attribute of a, of a person, but also just at, at its, in its essence, what is excellent what is satisfying, mm-hmm. what is fulfilling. And I love, I love kind of concluding our, our reflection with this, with this idea of goodness. Why? Because, uh, you know, 
when I was in, when I was in high school, I used to be, I used to be so, um, focused on studying these, these understandings of, of proofs for the existence of God. And uh, forgive me for, for not remembering what, whatever philosophical name was applied to this particular proof, but there's, there's an idea that, uh, jumping off of like classical philosophy that when you mm-hmm. look at a, a thing, mm-hmm. there's always, when, when you look at a, a characteristic, there's always something that exemplifies that characteristic more purely, mm-hmm. right? Um, Plato was the, was one of the, well, the first to kind of come up with this concept. He called it the form, right? That there's, there's a form, an essence of a thing mm-hmm. that, that when, when it is most fully itself, that that is when it is at its best. Mm-hmm. True goodness from a philosophical sense, true, um, yeah, true, true goodness, true happiness, true, true, true fullness is when a thing actually expresses its essence. Okay. So we use the example the other day of a chair, right? Yeah. A chair is a good chair when it has strong legs and it keeps your butt off the ground. Correct. Right? right. Um, and if I take a good chair and I snap one of the legs off, it's no longer a good chair. Mm-hmm. I could be sitting in a chair right now and conceivably somewhere there's a better chair, right? There's, there's something that is better at accomplishing what a chair is supposed to accomplish than what I'm sitting in right now. And uh, we, we kind of come full circle in understanding that the goodness of something mm-hmm. It's a quality that's bestowed upon it by its creator. Right. Okay. The creator gives a thing an essence and that thing is good insofar as it fulfills its essence. So, yeah. Uh, right. So it begs the question, right? How do we live this as a missionary life? We are created in the image and likeness of God. In the act of creation, a part of the creator rubs off on us. Yes. So God created every natural thing good. And there's something good that we can find in everything we see. The question is, what is our essence? Right. How are we called to fulfill it? Because when we can, when we can step into who we were made to be, um, we, we can, we can find what it means like to find that alignment between, mm-hmm. between the essence and the fulfillment mm-hmm. where we can actually find a revelation of God himself. Yeah. Yeah. We can actually say that the measure of our goodness can be found in the degree to which we look like Jesus, that, right? Like that's, that's a great way of summarizing. And like, because no, because think about it. Like even <laughs> in the, even even in the mass. No, I I, I yeah. love it, Aaron. Because I was thinking about the the mass when I was there on. Uh, we're here in the the week of the Immaculate Conception, which is amazing. And I was at mass for the Immaculate Conception, and the priest said what the priest always says when they're pouring the water into wine. Right by the mingling of this water and wine, may we come to share in Christ's divinity who humbled himself to share in our humanity. May we come to be like him, right? Like, like the prayer of the priest who's mingling this water and wine, like may, you know, the, may the reality that I experience be that may I come to bring the Lord into me and become more fully myself. Yeah. You know, I, I love, there's a, a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn who's um, who wrote the, the Gulag archipelago. And he says that the line separating good and evil passes through the heart of every man. And mm. the reason that he says that is because goodness is in us insofar as we've allowed Jesus to be Lord. Yeah. Evil is in us insofar as we have not. Right. 
that there are no bad guys, that all people have a capacity mm. for infinite goodness. We don't earn our way into goodness. We yield our way to goodness. Yeah. That, that God, as he takes more and more of my heart and uses it for his purposes, he makes me more good. And I, I love, I just love focusing on the goodness of God mm. because I think it's something that we have missed because we think it to be elementary or something like that, yeah. but it is far from elementary. It, it is foundational. If God's not good, this isn't worth it. <laughs> you know, like all of the, the hours long of podcasts we're listening to all of the masses attending, all of the rosary said, if God's not good, none of that matters. Yeah. But if he's good, then it, it is all that matters. Right. And so, amen. Yeah. So how do we remind ourselves of, of, of living a missionary life? How do we find ourselves equipped through encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. through encounter with with truth and beauty and goodness, friends, uh, practical practical steps, right? To embrace a life of truth, we've got to deny the lies that we see uh, operating in our lives. We've got to say, "I I reject that. I don't come into agreement with that. I don't believe that, and I'm going to proclaim the truth of who Jesus is over my circumstances." To, to, to live a life of beauty, I've got to recognize the beauty in the moment around me. Sometimes that's just taking a deep breath and asking myself, okay, I'm being, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now, right? Mm-hmm. God, where can I see you? Right. And, and finally to celebrate goodness, I want to, I want to charge us with, um, to find the good in, in ourselves, to find the good in the Lord, to find the good in the world, celebrate the goodness that we see in others. That's right. Oftentimes, we can, if we if we can step outside of of our tendency towards striving and just celebrate, you know, Brad, uh, you know, I, I I love seeing you come into work today. I love seeing the passion mm-hmm. on your face. Mm-hmm. I love I love when you're communicating that message just just a moment ago that that we can begin to see the goodness in others to call out that gold, and and we can establish a place of trust where mm-hmm. honor can be maintained. We're gonna we're gonna come back after a very short break. And we're going to wrap up today's show with just a brief time of prayer uh, to, to send us out the door today. Friends, truth, beauty, and goodness, they're the, they're the heart of every missionary. Why? Because they're an encounter with God himself. We'll be right back with more of Beyond Damascus after the break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence? In the Eucharist. Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Check out EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. Thanks for joining us again for Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Yeah, and we want to close today in prayer. But before we get there, when we were on break, I was uh, just chatting with Aaron and we felt like the Lord had this verse for us. So I want to lead off our prayer with this verse and then we will pray that God puts it into our lives. 
This is uh, from the words of Jesus himself in Luke 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives Mm. and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. You know, we were saying that in order to fulfill our essence of goodness, we need to look like Jesus. Yeah. But we also need to look like Jesus to fulfill our essence of beauty and our essence of truth. Like all of that is found in Jesus. And this is what Jesus said he came to do. And last in the list of what he came to do, he says to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. I think we've been so quick to write this year off. Yeah. I think we've been so quick to say this year is a wash. Let's get to 2021. But I think Jesus is asking us in this last month, would we proclaim this year as acceptable to the Lord mm. as a year where we actually came further in to truth, further into beauty, further into goodness. Let's pray into that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we welcome you here. We pray that you would bless Aaron and I here in this studio. We pray that you would bless everyone listening, and that we wouldn't give up on this year, God, that we would look more like you by making this last month the best month of the year, by Mm. proclaiming in this month that this was a year acceptable to you, a year where you poured out truth, where you poured out beauty, where you poured out Goodness, God, we just pray that you would give us new eyes to see here. Yeah. God, come into the hearts of every one of our listeners. God, charge us. Uh, we, we've got to live this life. We don't get a choice to live life as a missionary. The question is just what kind of impact we want to have. God, let us deny the lies that have been spoken over us and embrace the truth mm-hmm. to recognize the beauty in every moment, Jesus, and to celebrate your goodness on display in everyone you meet. When we, when, when we pursue these things, God, we find you. Yeah. We pray that you'll bring us closer to your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you uh, for joining us for today's show. I hope that you enjoyed that riveting reflection on truth, beauty, and goodness. It's a little atypical for Beyond Damascus, but uh, I, I think that this is one of the ways that we can actually remain firmly rooted as missionary disciples mm-hmm. in between life-changing events, yeah. right? We don't, we don't have to go on hold while we're jumping from retreat to retreat. Mm-hmm. Friends, to, to, to listen to Beyond Damascus, either a rerun of today's show or any of the other shows that we've recorded, you can check us out wherever podcasts are found. Just search it up, Beyond Damascus. Otherwise, join us back here for another, uh, another episode on St. Gabriel Radio or EWTN Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We are so blessed by our um, partner radio stations. And uh, friends, we will look forward to hearing from you, for seeing you, for catching you on the radio waves again this time next week. God bless and have a great day.